I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and I almost forgot what words were completely. (laughs) I'm like, are those words? Are those the words? Not just are those the words, but are those actual communicative syllables? (laughs) Oh my. That's what happens when you spend too much time alone. You know, we're, we're home, but... But I'm in one room and you're the other, so... We, we have sort of set up our own respective uh, home office spaces. Yes, but you come and visit me in my office. I do. Uh-huh. I do. Yeah. And if I come out of my office, I'm automatically visiting you in your office, so... Yes. <laughs> because my office is the living room. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so anyway... Before all that happened, and people started buying things in the store that... We're making everything all gone. Uh-huh. You You're said, not going to stores. I don't go to the store. You do not go to the store because you have a cough. Before that, you mentioned that your boss had gone to the store for pasta. Uh-huh. And the, the shelves were pretty empty except for the types of pasta that you actually need when there's like a possible food shortage, which would be, you know, the bean pastas and the quinoa pastas. The and proteiny the, pastas. Yes. So he was able to get those. And the toilet paper is all gone. Mm-hmm. There are other things like canned goods that are all gone, and toilet paper is all gone. You found the one can of soup in the store. I did find the one can of chicken soup. There were a couple other kinds of soup, and there were a couple of like the fancy antsy soups, like the the name brand organic free-range chicken and wild rice soup with organic vegetables. $7 can of soup. Yeah, no. Whatever. No. So I did manage to find the one reasonably priced can of chicken soup for our boy who had gotten a cough. You did. But there, there's no toilet paper, and mostly there's no wipes either. Well, we're not telling anybody anything new there, but, but here's the thing that I found that was funny. What kind of wipes are there? Apparently there are dude wipes, and those are left in the store. And I've known that there existed such a thing as dude wipes for a while, because it's kind of one of those jokes that goes around in the, the queer Facebook groups and the, the, the trans subreddits. Like, why on earth do the cysts have to gender so hard? Well, the manly man butt wipes were what was left, and nobody even noticed them, apparently. Well, because they were trying to play pink tacks with the dude stuff. Guys don't do that. They don't. They don't care. They're no. like, no thanks. You can keep it. It's, if if you're using wipes for your nethers, then you are not of the nature that, that you're going to be paying the extra for the manly man ones. Well, and how do you deal with the manly man thing when you get it to the cashier? I guess you could go to the self-check, but that's not usually necessarily a dude thing. I don't know. I don't know. I mean. But apparently nobody's buying them, even though all the toilet paper is out, because nobody wants to pay $7 for a pack of wipes either. (laughs) Right. I don't know really how many stores are left in, but that was what was on the list. That's funny. The manly man butt wipes. That was what was left on the shelf. Mm Mm-hmm. That is... Kind of hilarious, because gender is fucking hilarious. It is. Like, it's weird, but a lot of it is weird in the ways that you're realizing things now. Like, even after all these years of transition, you still see things, catch things, interact with people in ways that catch you off guard. I do. You went to the doctor today. I did, but see, first I had to talk to the doctor last week on the phone, because I had a cough. Oh, he wasn't going to let you come in with a cough. They won't let you in because my aunt's doctor is, of course, the same doctor. Because we live in a small town, the good ones are, yeah. 
So when I drove her there the week before, they wouldn't let her in because she had a cough. Right. I had to put her back in the car and drive her to the urgent care. Right. Where then they gave us a mask and (laughs) made us sit in the car. They wouldn't let you into the urgent care either. They made you sit in the car for the waiting list. And then they called your cell phone when they were ready to take her. And they made her go in the back door? Yes, they made her go in the back door. Not, not through, through the, the little wow. lobby there. Okay. I so guess anyway. they want to keep the germs out of the lobby or I don't know. Yeah. Don't cough on our chair or something. Mm. So I knew that they wouldn't see me, but I sent him a, a message in the online service saying, hey... I've got this problem with my shoulder, but the other thing is I have this cough still, and so I can't go anywhere because I don't have a fever. It appears to be, you know, the post-nasal drip. However, it freaks people out. You have allergies. They drip down the back instead of the front, and that makes you cough instead of sneeze and blow your nose. Sometimes. And nonetheless, doesn't matter what reason you have for coughing, any cough, any sniffle, any any symptom of any unwellness right now in public will freak people the fuck out. Yes. So um, I send you to the store. (laughs) Yeah. And And I talked to the doctor on the phone. Yeah. And what was funny is he called me brother. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. That is totally great. Especially since he's not even looking at you. No. Like this is the thing that we've noticed before where like if people are looking at you, then they masculinize you. But if they're not looking at you, it's kind of a toss-up, especially with people who've known you for a while or who are aware of your trans status. Well, and of course he is. He's my doctor. Right. He hasn't known me that long, but... But he knows that you're trans. Yeah. And a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their brain around that experience or that designation and just duding you. But he brothered you. He did a couple times. That's totally great. Let me know if anything else... Comes up. And um, so he sent you for x-rays because a month and a half ago... Um, two months and some days now. Okay. Yeah. Did we not talk about containing the child? Oh, we did. Okay. We did. Mm. We talked about our kid having a... Com- I think we did anyway. On Super Bowl Sunday, our kid had a complete and utter meltdown and you needed to contain him and he injured you. Yes. And what you did was a textbook restraint, grasping wrists, crossing body... Holding his torso to yours. Yeah, you, you did exactly what you were supposed to. But when you're restraining okay, a very strong I, I 12-year-old. exactly what I was supposed to accept something not quite right with my shoulder. Well, that's the problem with these situations is that anyone who, with the, when I was teaching in the schools, if you let yourself be listed as restrained trained, then you were basically absolving the school district of any liability if you injured yourself or if you were injured by a child while being, while restraining them. That's bullshit. That you could get... You should um, at least be able to go to, like, workers' comp clinic or something. Yeah, you could get workers' comp. Okay. But, like, you couldn't sue them for anything. Like, it was just typical... Oh, okay. So, if you... If you you were injured, it was just considered a line of duty injury. It wasn't... Because you got the training and you decided to go ahead and restrain the child, so... So, it was just considered part of your regular work day. All right. Like, I got workman's comp when I tripped. I got workman's comp for my ankle. They sent me to the workman's comp clinic. The thing is, if you get injured by restraining a child, it's no different than any other on-duty injury. You waive your right to any other liability or any other recompense. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. 
<laughs> so, yes, everyone knows that when you restrain a child, you can get injured, even if you do everything right. And you did get injured. I did. And after two months, it's not better. Well, and it was really, really bad at first. And it got better. And then I had to start working from home. And my setup wasn't a prime deal. And most offices stopped seeing in clinic any non-urgent, non-emergent Right. That's why I sent them a message online. Because I'm like, well, nobody's going to hurry for this injury that's already a month old. Right. And the thing is, you had been getting acupuncture and chiropractic and massage and PT type treatments. I, I was, and then it got worse when I was working from home the first week. And you couldn't see doctors. So I, I did send him a message, and he, he they scheduled a phone call. Mm-hmm. So that's when I got broed on the phone call. And, that's great. And he sent me for x-rays. Mm-hmm. And, and you took a cough drop with you because you didn't want to cough on anyone and make it a problem. I took a couple. I just keep them in my pocket. Right. I've only been to the office the first week to get my computer fixed. Mm-hmm. And last week to the x-rays, and then today to the doctor. Right. So I've gone somewhere almost once a week. Almost. Almost. Yep. And at the x-rays, they gave me a mask, and somebody, like a, I don't know, like, it's an x-ray place. It's not like a clinic part. It's the x-ray office or something. The boss lady came out and talked to me and looked at me very skeptically and decided I should put a mask on anyway. (laughs) And uh, that was fine. I was surprised they didn't give me one right away. Right. I'm inside there, you know. So I had x-rays. And what's cool about online is the doctor can answer you right away as soon as he sees them. And the x-rays look good. And he could see part of my lung in that, you know, shoulder x-ray. And he says, and your lungs look good. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Yeah. That was nice. So then what they did is they scheduled for me to come in. He said, so after your x-ray, I'll have you come in in about a week or 10 days and your cough should be gone by then. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, maybe. But if not, I'll have a cough drop because it's not. Right. It's not an uncontrollable cough. If you have had a cough all this time and never developed any other symptoms of COVID-19, then I don't think you are of any concern to anyone at this point. Yes, but nobody knows that. Right. Because they're all hyper aware right now. And reasonably so. Right. So you went into the doctor. I did. I went in today and um, I got brothered again. It was very funny to me. I, I love this because he did. He was turning away to put something in the computer, and he's like, "Okay, brother, anything else or something like that." Anyhow, it's just very funny to me because it's been very short period of my life that I've been the brother dude man. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind. And of you wild. were saying you're saying a few minutes ago about gender and gendering things, and and what's funny is a little while before we turned on the microphone, I had a really big sneeze and I had a tissue, mm-hmm. and uh, you laughed. And I said, what's funny? And you... And I said, well, just the other day, I was, you know, wandering the wilds of the internet and came across a a listicle of memes about dad sneezes. Right. And I immediately said to you, you have those two men. (laughs) Which you do. I do. And you're the only person on this planet who mans me. Well... And I love it. I see how you eat and sneeze. And I wonder if the dad sneeze thing is like, dads have never had a reason to sneeze politely. No. You know, I mean, I can't say never anybody in the world. I can only vouch for our culture and the most observable things that turn into cultural means of dad sneezes. Okay. (laughs) Thank God. So... I do know lots of women, you know, mostly through work that I've seen over the years that have the teeny tiny sneeze, <laughs> like the mouse sneeze. Mm-hmm. 
And um, and I, I just wonder, like, that were they just thinking I should be quiet? Sneezing is obnoxious. Or is that like one of those weird, naturally feminine things that you and I never did? You because... and I are looking at each other like, how the fuck would we know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Not us. Survey says we don't know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Admittedly, our end size is small. Yes. <laughs> My God. So it's funny to see these things. And another thing that happened the other day is as you were checking our home security video to see if you could catch something that one of our kids said had happened, that you would see yourself passing in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah, I did. And it's funny. I see the camera and there's this little old man walking through the thing. Like, And I'm like, oh, there's me. <laughs> How funny. Yeah. I think my wife really is married to a little old man. <laughs> I am. Yeah. So it, it's it's funny to see myself on there. Yeah. It's not uncomfortable like pre-transition was, where I would see myself and I would always be like, ah, <laughs> make that stop. And see, that's how I've always felt about photos. Mm -hmm. But unlike you, I don't have like some template for what the right way to look in a photo should be. Like there's not a, this is what it should be like, or examples, the closest thing we have to images that I can identify with are uh, Jacob Tobiah or Jeffrey Marsh or Alok Vaidmanon. And I'm looking at these people whose initial puberty was testosterone dominated. They, they have the secondary sex characteristics associated with the testosterone dominated puberty. Mm -hmm. And I see those things. And then I see these same bodies and facial features in makeup and dresses. And I'm like, that could work. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's funny that you're just like, oh, look, I'm a little old man. <laughs> yeah. Now, you're not the only one who went to the doctor recently. I took the boy to his new primary. Mm -hmm. And then less than a week later, I took him to his new med management person. Yes. And, and I think were... we did discuss this a little bit last yeah. time. But the thing that we wrote down last time that we didn't get to. Yes. Was what they said had happened with his spine. She said, it looks like he has scoliosis. And along with that, he has a radiculopathy. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. And when you heard it, you heard all <laughs> R-I-D, ridicule, like the root of ridiculous. Yes. And I sat there thinking, is the computer misbehaving or is that a thing? It That would be incredible for him to have a thing called that. <laughs> called ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> the, the disease of something being ridiculous. That would be like the complete and total diagnosis for everything on this child. Yeah. So, but no, in this case, R-A-D, like the root of radius or rotation, mm -hmm. radiculopathy. Yes. But I looked it up and I was like, oh, okay, got it. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a disease of his ridiculousness. No, but we do have a new word in our household. Yes. Ridiculopathy. <laughs> no, you say it. But you say ridiculopathy. You also call him ridiculous, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, it's probably just something from... Same reason you say milk and warsh. You met my family. I have. Mm -hmm. You were on a Zoom call with them today because everybody is social distancing and everybody's in quarantine. So everybody's itching for some sort of social contact, including Zoom calls with your extended relatives. It wouldn't normally be my thing, but I've seen my cousin on Facebook a little bit having a very hard time in 
And this is my cousin who lost her brother uh, within the year after my mother passed. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she's in my family, so I know that that's not easy. And my sister really likes to connect with people. And I thought just would be a nice thing to do. And so you had a Zoom call with them. I did. And afterwards, I felt it once again necessary to express my gratitude for your choices to get therapy and an education. Well, they, um, the farther away people were a little tipsy, so they were extra ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It was a it was a good connection though. Yeah, it's a funny situation to me the way my family works, but I'm, I'm it, glad it, you find amusement in it. I have to. Mm -hmm. It's a survival tactic. Fair enough. <laughs> Over the years, right? Yeah. Speaking of survival tactics, distance learning for our small humans. Yeah, it sounds really horrifying. In this case, I think you could get away with the portmanteau of ridiculous. <laughs> trying to get this kid to read. Well, he can't read. And, and what we had done already for the last few weeks, is, which has been to everyone's benefit, is the eye doctor had said he needs audio. His eyes, we don't know if it's the musculature or the neurology, but they don't track at the same rate. One is, one is faster than the other. One is jumpier than the other. Which makes reading really, really difficult. Like physiologically, neurologically difficult. Yes. So in order to continue his education and him to understand stories and how they work and... Beginning, middle, end, conflict and resolution, plot, setting, mm -hmm. etc. He has been reading audiobooks. Yes. And we started that uh, during his spring break. Mm hmm and it's great because he's already doing that 30 minutes a day. That was part of how he was earning his screen time for the rest of his spring break. Mm -hmm. And now he still has to do that for school. So he has this system down for understanding that certain things are required and need to, you know, and he needs is, to accomplish every day. This is just how parenting works. Like anytime that you want to set expectations for your kids, they're going to be incredibly hard at first. But if you stick to it, it gets really easy once they're accustomed to the expectations. And admittedly, with our child, easy and really are subjective. But comparatively to how it was when you first told him that he needed to read in order to earn screen time, it has become significantly easier. Yes. Yes, it has. So it hasn't been a horrid transition. I mean, we're only a cu couple few days in. Mm -hmm. So there's that. But so far, once we can get past his bumpy morning, which is shorter because he knows what's going to happen next. Yes. The structure seems to be very helpful for him. Yes. And therefore helpful to our sanity as well. For the first couple days that you were having any sort of expectations of him, he was fighting against it tooth and nail the same way we're sure he was fighting against it at school mm -hmm. and being completely ridiculous. And you could, and you said to me, if this is how he is at school, no wonder they can't do any damn thing with him. The only reason you could was because he was the only child you had to manage. And I barely could. Yes. When they're trying to manage 20 to 40 kids in one room and he's doing that same nonsense, it's just not feasible. No, it, it's hardly feasible just with him to get him on track. They don't have a PS4 to get him to buy into. <laughs> they have no currency well. with him. None. None. And so, yeah. 
So he has really rough mornings and, and that would be impossible to work with at school because he digs his heels in deeper as he goes along until you can shut him down. Mm-hmm. And eventually you and I can get him shut down and he resets himself and we're all good. Yeah. But at school, I can see that that's not happening. No, it's not. Like they they are doing everything within their power, but without being able to dedicate someone to just him and just interacting with him and just modeling calm for him and just restraining him and just reining him in from all of his impulses. Mm-hmm. Without a single person there doing that as his dedicated aid, there just is no way to do it. There's not. Here's the other advantage, though, besides the the reading that we started, is just as their spring break was starting, I was sent home to work. And I thought that was pretty wild Mm -hmm. because I think we were the first in maybe the state, who knows, that to do do something like that. Our county was. Right. And um, at first I thought, okay, they they put us clinicians at home because we're a small group and we're a good test group and we've already taken our laptops out of the office and so forth. And not only that, but you often work from, you you often work remotely. It is part of your job to work remotely. Mm -hmm. And because you have been working remotely in so many remote locations in so many people's houses. Yeah, they I, may not have wanted you bringing those back. <laughs> yeah, I eventually considered that as uh, also adding to it. But they eventually did send the entire office home right. to work from home. And they had some people going in and out of the office for a while, but I guess it's going to slow down or get cut off or something mm-hmm. because it's um, it's getting more widespread across the country for governors to go say, hey, we're not going to do that. Now you guys have to stay home. Yeah. Like by my sister's house. Right. They have a shelter in place. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we had the boy home and he was already doing the reading and then he got sick. So he was down for the count there and and people started doing the stay in things because I was working from home. That was starting to become a good idea. Mm -hmm. Highly recommended. Do this if you can. But getting him to buy into that? As you said... He just took repetitive reinforcement, and then he settled down between that and being sick. He, he did develop a cough, which also was probably part allergy drainage and part affectation because he liked the attention he got when he got into a big coughing fit. Until I said, since you have a cough, you have to go to bed early. And you can't go anywhere if you have a cough, even though we've been telling you for days that you can't go anywhere anyway. Yeah. So he, he adapted and and he settled down into that. And then number three child came home. Yeah. Then spring break ended and then we had the extra kid and she... Jay. They, thank you. Mm-hmm. And they now, they did not have as hard of a time with the idea of... I will do my academics and then I will do my other things. What they did have a hard time with was A, acknowledging that they really, really, really weren't going to see their friends except through a screen. And B, dealing with the distance learning learning curve. This is a gifted child who's used to everything being easy and anything academic being fairly effortless. Yes. True. And this is a kid who has not had to do any homework at all and still is passing tests with B's and C's. But now homework is like the only work there is, so. Yeah, and not only that, but the fact that tests were only like half of their grade before. If you had B's and C's in tests, but then F's in homework, and not just an F, but like a zero F, you were still getting a D or an F in the course overall. 
Mm -hmm. So now homework is everything. And they were having a really hard time with like understanding the, the learning platform and the meeting tools and the communication deadlines. And like it just... If they had taken the time to really read studiously over every piece of information they had been provided. They weren't used to having to manage those pieces of no. work outside the testing in the classroom. Right. They're, they had no clue how to make that happen. I don't think they're used to having to read studiously. I think they're used to being able to skim and understand and be done. Right. So, yeah, yeah, that that made their very first day of distance learning very mm, work avoidant and uh, attitudinal, but age appropriately attitudinal. Did you see me quick, quick go to my surprise face? <laughs> I did. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, with the right support, they got it. They figured it out. Also known as their mother speaking at them constantly until they did the thing. Uh-huh. Yep. That's how you do. Uh-huh. Yeah. It works. It works with that one. It works with kids who need logic in order to get over the... The emotional hump. hijack. Yes. Yeah. So what was kind of funny is before that, and it was still the weekend, they were ready to go out the door and they're saying to you, I'm going to go to the park. Can I go to the park? And they're just about ready to bop out the door. And you're like... No, 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 no. And they're stopped and just like like a cartoon, like, whoa, because looking at you like, what do you mean? Because a week prior when they had left for their dad, they could have said, can I go to the park now? And as long as they had eaten and managed their chores, the answer was obviously going to be yes. And asking was mostly a formality. Yes. But now. But they didn't know what to think of us because we, we were you being. You had a picture of the park. With the sign that says the park is closed, go away. And while you're at going away, stay six feet away from each other. By order of local governing bodies. Yes. You are not allowed to come into this park except to pass through. Mm -hmm. You can walk your dog through, which is how you've been going through that park every morning. Yes. And, and some people taking walks, but you're not supposed to hang out there. Right. And so when the kid wants to go and hang out with their friend... And we're like, nope. And they're looking at me like, what? And I had you show them that sign saying, by order of local governing bodies, this park is closed until further notice. And then they said, well, how about if we only meet there and then walk around town? And I said, um, are you going to stay six feet apart from each other? And are you going to avoid any place that other people will be? And I'm not comfortable with that. And they were looking at us like, what are these guys smoking and what should I do about this? <laughs> like they the concept had not was, had any of that awareness of well, what local and I, state government officials right, were saying. Because I asked, I said, how aware are you of the situation with the COVID virus going around? And, and they said, I see it in social media because it won't go away, basically. Yeah. In between everything else. And I said, okay, so it's really a thing. And here's the deal. And then you explained it in your extra, extra, extra thorough way. Let me give you the whole ass autistic teacher explanation. Yes. And usually, then I said- Usually I, I can make it through anywhere from half to three quarters of that before I finally have to go somewhere else. <laughs> Because we've been too much talking. All the words, and then some more words about the words, and then a different angle they, of the same words. They were leaving the room, but that stuck at the edge of the room because 
They couldn't tell when you were ever going to stop and if they really should. They're a word person like you are, so they, they couldn't let go of the, the, the your, there were still words. The, the option that I really don't like, and it really only partly works, and you see people saying, don't do this. And you see med folks and um, official folks saying, don't do this. But I did give her the option. Them. I did give them the option. Mm-hmm. Of saying, you know, this person, whoever you want to hang out with, you can hang out with one or two friends at a time. We can set up lawn chairs in the driveway or the backyard that are all six feet apart. They thought you were really. They thought I was joking. Yeah. What kind of joke is this and why? And I'm like, no, I'm serious. If you want to invite one or two of your friends over, I can help you set up a space where you guys can be equally distant or you can be an acceptable distance from one another to maintain your safety in case any of you has come in contact with this virus so you don't give it to each of the others. Well, and the other thing is, like, I was thinking, would those kids' parents let them come over? Because we wouldn't let our kid go there because we don't know what they're doing when we can't see them. Right, right. And that's the other thing. That's why it was a matter of... I mean, your friend can come here. They're kids. You can't trust them. No. Nope. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. So. And I think you had that type of a conversation, like you had the main conversation and then you had extensions of that conversation over the next day and a half Mm -hmm. until they finally were like, okay, I'm stuck in here with you guys. That's the deal. Right? (laughs) And we're like, yes. Uh Uh-huh. And they're like, oh. If you're good and willing to follow all of these expectations, including like Lysoling your shoes when you get home and putting your clothes in the wash as soon as we get here, changing, cleaning, and then you can come to the store with me the next time I go. Right. Which will probably be in about a week because I went the day I picked her up from her dad's house. Right. Their dad's house. You guys went to the store and and got produce and some of it was donut produce. Some of it was donut produce. (laughs) I noticed this. And I felt terrible. And I don't know if I should even say this. I don't know if you should either. Because we got the donuts and then we sat in the car and ate the donuts because we didn't want their brother getting upset that we had donuts and he didn't. But you've often done this thing where if one of the kids helps you with grocery things... Then they can have a treat. Right. And and also, you also often like to offer them, and it used to be them and their brother, a kind of welcoming yeah. thing. And a welcoming donut. I mean, most people won't refuse that. Absolutely. And so, you know, it was not a matter of this is something that should be private and sneaky. It was a matter of, I don't want to have to deal with justifying this because it will become a problem because everything is a problem right now. Right. I would feel completely justified in letting this kid walk into the house with a donut where the other kid could see most days. But lately, everything's been a little extra hard. And so I just didn't want to deal with that. And I said, okay, let's eat these here in the car so that it doesn't become a problem when we get home. As long as you have hand sanitizer, it's not a problem. That's the part I forgot. (laughs) Yeah, well, good thing you guys are Vikings. Oh, well. So... Yeah. Anything else gendery or COVIDy or all the things are COVIDy, dear. Oh yes. <laughs> Anything else gendery? Oh, that kid is now a them. Yes, they are. Number three child has said that she is occasionally acceptable, but about as acceptable as he would be. So about the same boat as I'm in. That yeah, I'm I'm a little of that and a little of that and mostly just human. Yes. So that's my kid. Who's stuck in the house with us. Who is stuck in the house with us. (laughs) So is that it? I think that's it. Okay. 
We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! I picked that one because it's gendery and it's funny. But... Yes. But... But... Uh-huh. <laughs> God. Because you have a cough. Example A. <laughs> um, before that... I cut most of them. Before that? I'm waiting to see if you have something else to say. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Work non-intensive. Fearly... For... Uh, I make the words. Nope. <laughs> I will. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>